We have two scripture readings this morning. The first is from Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning with verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God anymore or ever again or see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I commanded. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. And also from the gospel according to Mark, the first chapter, beginning with the 21st verse. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him, and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's an odd question in both of those verses. What do you do with authority? And Moses had surely authority. He's been sent by God. You remember the story the people of Egypt are enslaved, and the people of Israel are enslaved in Egypt. And Moses has killed a prince of the Egyptian army, and he's run out left town, he's run away for fear he might be charged, and he's gone and he's out tending sheep. And one day he sees a bush that looks like it's on fire, but it's not burning up, and he says, wow, I need to check that thing out. And he goes over to listen to it, and God calls him to go to Egypt, right? To go to Egypt and speak to Pharaoh as a prophet, to say, let my people go, and God gives him the words to speak. And Moses is given authority, Because he listens to the voice. And there's a motif of voices going on in the first part of Mark. As we get into this gospel that we'll be reading for most of this year, there's a motif of voices that you might have noticed going on so far. There's the voice of John the Baptist, whom the people regarded as a prophet. A prophet who was one who was crying out in the wilderness, who 
who fulfilled, Jesus said, that prophecy of Isaiah, the one who would cry out and make ready the people for the, the words that Christ would speak. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, Jesus would say to them, echoing John the Baptist, the voice of a prophet crying out in the wilderness right off in the beginning of the gospel. And we're reminded of Moses crying out to the people, crying out to Pharaoh, crying out to them as they wandered through the desert, keeping their heart in tune with the Lord, giving them the law, the first five books of your Bibles, which is a word, right? A crying out. Something that we utter with the voice. Not only John... But when Jesus comes to the waters, we're privy to a voice of heaven that speaks, that we assume to be the Father who says, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And again, we hear a voice to begin this gospel to remind us that calling is part of everything that's happening here. That John the Baptist is called to speak and call the people and that Jesus has been called to baptism and the Father calls us to hear Him. Reminding us when Moses said, in those days God will raise up a prophet like me. Heed what he says. Listen to him, Moses says. Hear that voice. And now as Jesus comes to this place in Capernaum, he's confronted with another voice and we're privy to yet one more voice. The voice of a man with an unclean spirit. A voice with a man that we would say is demon-possessed. He's claimed by something. He has no authority because something else has authority over him so much that it convulses him. It causes his body to shake. And that voice, recognizing Jesus and recognizing the authority in what Jesus says, cries out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus, in His authority, commands that one to come out and relinquish its authority over the human being who stands there in misery. Voices start to echo in this story. And all through Mark, we'll hear other voices. We'll hear Jesus' voice, especially as He teaches. And the question that will come for us is, will we truly listen to it? Will they just be words that bounce off the inside of our head and out the other ear? Or will they become something part of us? Will we heed what He says? Will we allow Him to challenge our preconceptions about God? Will we allow Him to challenge our political preconceptions, our notions about ourselves? We just sang in this hymn, All my gold and silver I give, right? based out of Jesus' teachings that those things don't matter. But will we truly heed that? Will we truly listen? Will we truly be willing to hear Him with authority as we go through this book? Mark wants us to know right off that when He started teaching, it wasn't like any person had ever taught before. The people felt like they were hearing something that was given to them out of Jesus' own authority because nobody else was allowed to do that. Kind of like me. The only reason I'm allowed to stand before you and do what I do is because the church gave me permission to. I had to go and be examined. 
first by a district committee before I could ever become a certified candidate for ministry, before I could ever even be considered to be a local licensed pastor. And then all through that time when I was a local licensed pastor, I was examined and questioned. I wrote papers and studied and went to seminary, went through two big gigantic rounds of a Spanish-type inquisition thing called a Board of Ordained Ministry. Also that the bishop could lay hands on me in 2013 and say to me, take authority to preach the Word of God and administer the Holy Sacrament. An authority that doesn't come from me, but with Jesus, they knew right off He was speaking from His own authority. And what I would suggest to you today is that He is that prophet that Moses is talking about. He is the one whose voice we most need to hear in this world. Of all of the voices that shout and whisper to us, it is Jesus' voice that we need to hear. And we have the unparalleled privilege as His church to sit in worship on this bright and beautiful day when we're reminded that He loves us and hear His words. Mark didn't tell us what he taught that day. What he wants us to see is the authority that he taught it with. The authority that he taught it with. Everything's generational in our world, but people from my generation remember what it was like to show up to school and find out it was TV day, right? Electric company, Sesame Street. Y'all with me? Class said no. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Back then, there was this thing called the NTSC um, idea, and it was the National Television Syndicate something communications. It was a signal. Right? It's that signal that you used to get over your antenna. You had one of them, didn't you, Clyde? Yeah. <laughs> Clyde remembers when people used to look behind the TV to see how people got inside of it. <laughs> well, back in that day when you would sit there, and before the signal started coming from the library, because that's where it always came from, the teacher would cut on the TV, and on your TV there were these little row of colored lines, the bars. Y'all remember that? Anybody? Somebody, please. Right? You remember that? And that thing had a tone with it, right? You remember the tone? All right, Bobby, you're up. Come up here with me. Yeah. I asked it, Bobby, ahead of time, because truth is, I was kind of embarrassed to do this experiment for you, but Bobby told me yesterday nothing embarrassed her. So, <laughs> Bobby's going to do her best to remember that tone, Okay? And I'm going to take my microphone off my ears so that my tone isn't as bright as hers. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to find out if we can all mimic that tone together. Because y'all remember doing that, right? Y'all must have loved y'all's teachers. When I was sitting in class and that tone was going off, we all sat there and mimicked the tone because it drove the teacher crazy. This would work better if they had gone to a public school like mine. That's Sylvie Circle over there in Rock Hill. Their teachers must have taught them stuff. You reckon, Bob? We're going to do this anyway. The human voice has the incredible ability to mimic sound. Right? And we're going to do that. I want you to hear yourself do it. So don't sit back there and say, this is stupid. I ain't doing it. Do it, okay? All right, Bobby. Just go make a tone. We're going to make it with you. Did you hear that? 
We did pretty good, didn't we? I bet we can do it a little bit louder. Let's see as loud as we can get it. Are you ready? Maybe do it this time with your voice open, your mouth open, and we're going to get a little bit louder. Y'all ready? Let's do it again. Here's why we're doing this. Yes, Bobby, you can sit down now. Um, Here's why we're doing this. The life of Jesus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus into heaven, and the promised return of Jesus has changed the tone of the world. But the world is deaf to it. They don't know how to hear it. But you do. You know whose voice we're intended to mimic, don't you, church? What's his name? Jesus. And for the next however many weeks we have together going through Mark here in, in, this, in this year, we're going to get to hear his voice. And what I want to encourage you to do is listen for it and mimic it. Learn how to make that same tone in your life. Take a shot at it. Imitate His voice in the world. That's our job, church. To reflect Jesus in the world. To imitate His voice. Maybe that's why at the beginning of this gospel there's so much attention to voices. To John the Baptist, to our Father calling out from heaven, to even the unclean spirit crying out, what have you to do with us, Jesus? So that we can answer back, He's the authority, He's the prophet, and we're going to imitate His voice in the world. That's my invitation to you. Remember who He is. He's the prophet sent to us to teach us what it looks like to live with our God. And he's going to do that as we go through this gospel this year. Listen for it and mimic it. Find those places in your life where there's beauty because you sound like Jesus. How do we enter into that? How do we get the authority to mimic him? We get it through our baptism. And today, we have the unique and wonderful privilege to witness as someone comes forward to give themselves to Christ for the very first time offer himself to Christ in the waters of baptism. And as three others come to join with us in mimicking the voice of Jesus. What a privilege, church, to be here on this bright and beautiful day. Would you all come? And anyone who would like to stand with them, you're welcome to come. The Villanueva family and, and the Mickelson family.